Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Amanda from Burbank Fitness Club out in Burbank, California. Welcome to the show, Amanda. How are you today? I'm great, Brooke. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. And thank you for taking some time out of your busy day to be here with us to give back to the fitness industry through conversation. We appreciate you. Um, really, before we dive into the business side of things, quickly give me kind of a brief description of how you landed yourself in the position of running this fitness club. Okay. A brief description you said. So let me do my best there. So I've been part of Burbank Fitness Club since September of 2017. Um, That is when the now owner took over. Um, So we went through a complete rebrand and like not just a rebrand of the, of the actual, you know, business, but actually operations and like everything with renovations, we did everything. And so, um, in the beginning, I was kind of hired on to help with that as a project because my background is just like project management and um, marketing and sales. And then I was offered this position as managing director with the idea when he bought the gym, when all that was said and done, that I would be there to help run it. And um, I developed this relationship actually through our daughters. So my youngest or my daughter and his um, oldest daughter, the owner's oldest daughter were best friends. And that's how we became to know each other. And he slowly, you know, began, what is it all about? Know, like, and trust, right? So he started to know, like, and trust me and offered me this position. So I didn't know that this is what I would be doing, but I love it. And um, I'm not a personal trainer. I'm not a fitness instructor. I don't do, I mean, I work out, but I'm not like that. So I'm definitely just focused on the business. Okay. I like that. I think that that's valuable. Um, and there's in this industry, it seems like it's mostly the opposite, right? Fitness people who are running a business in this industry rather than business people running a fitness organization. Yeah. It's usually flip-flopped. And so you kind of have a little bit of an up there because you have that business knowledge that not every gym owner has. Yeah. I would say most of the time I'm talking to people who have a fitness background, love working out. So they go and they get involved in a gym business, open their own gym, whatever it might be. Um, Yeah kind of a different story here. Um, That was the case of the gentleman that owned the gym previous. He was, and that's sort of what was the downfall was he was focused on training his clients and he let other people run the business that he didn't really have trust in and faith. And he made a lot of bad decisions and it came to the demise of it. You know, not everybody's like that, but for him it was. Yeah. So, um, Burbank fitness club, give us your best elevator pitch. Tell us who you are what services you have to provide, kind of paint a little bit of a picture for us so that we fully understand the business model as we move forward in the conversation. Sure, no problem. So we are a um, open gym. We're not a franchise. Obviously, we're about 25,000 square feet. We're a all access gym and we're focused on serving the community. Um, we really consider ourselves to be community like centric or forward. Um, 
and really focused on our members. So we have three different levels of our gym, even though it's all, it's basically in a building that is, that was three different spaces. But when the building was built, the first tenant that came in that wanted these three spaces was a gym owner. So it's been a gym for over 25 years. It's just had different ownerships. Um, and like I said, we took over in 2017 and went through a complete rebrand. Our business model and name and brand did not exist. So we completely created it, which has been like my dream come true. So super fun. Like I said, I have a marketing and branding, you know, background, and it has been a dream to really do this. Um, but we've got um, a independent contractors agreement, like which we can go over with our personal trainers. So I'll talk to you guys about that and, and, and how that program works and what a benefit that is to the gym. Actually, I have a front desk team of about six employees and I have um, about 18 instructors that help me teach classes. And I have um, the heart of our gym. And I will tell you this is RSLE. She is our cleaning lady. She is the heart of our gym. Every single buddy knows her and loves her. And she is the reason why I believe that we are so successful. We're known as the cleanest gym in Burbank, which is huge. Um, and that's what we try to really focus on and center on. Um, I can go over kind of like a lot of things, but that's who we are in a nutshell. We're an open gym. We sell when like basically all access. Our, our membership is super simple. Yep. Okay. And with that though, you do, you did mention, you know, you contract some personal trainers and there's a couple of reasons yeah. that I like to touch on this. It's one, when we do this, it's good for our business because we're going to bring in more money from PT than we would a typical membership. And two, for our clients, it's amazing because we're able to help them better reach their goals through personal training. Right. Cause not everybody knows how to walk into a gym and, work out themselves. So if we can offer personal training to help them figure that out and help them reach their goals, it's great. Um, what percentage of your revenue would you say is coming from the personal training side of things? Um, oh, I knew you were going to ask me those kind of questions. Um, I can tell you probably not even 10%, probably 8%. And I'll yeah. tell you why, and I'll tell you why, um, if you want, I mean, can I, I'll, I'll share with you yeah. what our personal training program is. And yeah. this was developed after, um, um, COVID because we had to reopen our doors with, um, we were closed down for like 11 months or 13 months. And we had to reopen our doors with like all this kind of like, how do we do things now? It has to be different because we're just trying to survive. Right. So what I did is kind of took a couple of other business models that I read about, um, and um, created our own. So we offer a uh, rent, like our personal trainers, they have to be interviewed and really feel part of our culture, which I'll go over what our culture is. They have to be a good fit for our, for our whole gym and um, really be part of the team. But we um, charge $500 rent. It's a flat fee, no matter how many clients they have. Um, and then we offer their clients, like their members, we offer them a discounted rate so that they can then also help like they can afford to pay for their personal training services. Um, so there's that. And that is an open rate, what we call, they just, it's a 30 day, you know, notice to, they're not stuck into a contract. It's like an open rate. So if they go in and out of the personal training program, we just um, audit their 
personal training clients every month when they sit down to pay rent, we open up a spreadsheet and we just audit their clients, their client list, make sure that everybody's on the correct rate and um, getting what they're promised. And then part of that $500 rent, um, I have a photographer that we take a, a headshot for them. And then I have a little questionnaire that I have generated with a content writer and I give it to them and they answer it. And then I create um, like a one sheet. So my content writer kind of puts together, you know, their bio, if you will. And um, we put that in every new member folder that every new membership that we sell has. Um, right now I have five personal trainers in that program. And so they get that. We have marketing TVs throughout the gym as well um, through Clubcom. I don't know if you know what that brand is and it's great. So those mar those marketing flyers are, um, the PT flyers are up on there and they live on our website. And then I help support them on social if that's what they want. So I really try to help grow their clientele because if they bring in one member that's signed up with them, usually that member tells other people or brings their friends and family. And now, you know, it brings us more membership. Um, and we love, love our personal trainers. They all help. Sometimes they jump in and give tours if my front desk is busy and they give me advice and tips all the time on new equipment, which I really respect. And um, I just, I think it's a great program. It, it tends to work for us. We tried the other business models with personal training were their employees and you're trying to help them and it just didn't work for us. Yeah, and that's okay. I mean, I have heard the contracting thing in this type of facility works well. Um, you know, you mentioned you're between eight to 10% of your revenue coming from that. Is that something that you guys would like to increase or are you kind of happy with that being a smaller part of what you do? No, we would like to increase it. It's not a main focus. And the, the reason why is I'm trying to get my membership um, up to a certain number, which which would be a goal to have. And I'm, I'm slowly increasing that now. But I um, until I get that membership up, I just want to make sure I have enough people coming through the gym to satisfy them. Yeah. And so I'll add a personal trainer if my member when my membership is growing. And so does that make sense? I just I don't want there to be a lot of competition and, and it'd be like sharks. I want everybody to have as much business as they want. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um, so let's kind of just talk about the memberships then and and the the typical membership in the gym. So how many like members do you guys have right now? You have a pretty big space. So I, I would assume that you, you have you could fit quite a few people in the yes, absolutely. And I and I've got goals, trust me. So <laughs> when, we, when we took over, um we had about 1200 active members in the space. And um, it took me a lot of weeding through. I was given a very false database. And so I had to really weed, weed through that, weed through that with the, with the billing software. Um, mm -hmm. I have the best part about, sw I switched billing softwares. The best part, the best way to clean up your database is to switch, get a better billing software because they really will help you dial down because they have to audit everything before they can upload. And it really makes you look at every single member. Do I have a proper email? Are they, are they paying? Do I have an active credit card? When was their last time they were here? Are they actually a member? You know, it was, it was like, so when, when we did that, I had come up with about 1200 or so members. I, I grew that um, to little over 1900 members. Mm -hmm. And, um, then COVID hit. And so I had, um, obviously that was a big, 
devastation for everybody. And I have, I'm reopened with about 1300 members and I am back now to about 17. So I'm getting there. And my goal, cause I know you're going to ask this Brooke, my <laughs> goal is about 2000 members, anywhere from 2000 to 25. If I could be in there, I feel like a lot of things would have to happen. The gym would really be able to support that. But I also have to have ample number of classes, which pre-COVID I had, I had 67 classes a week. And now we're at 37 classes a week. I think I'm at 37. I'm about to add a couple more when I add the bar room. Um, so that's slow. You know, it's a slow progress of just us being able to really manage the operations and add that. Um, and, and I'm starting to add, we just actually extended our hours because my membership grew and I could see that a few days a week. Um, so now I'm open Monday through Thursday until 10 p.m. And prior to COVID, um, there were some times that I was open till 11 p.m. So it's taken us a while, you know, to kind of get back there. Just, um, you know, you got budgets and things, but, sure. but yeah, so that's our um, kind of like business model with the, with the personal training program. So yes, I would love to add to it. Um, when my, when my membership can support yeah. it. I, I mean, I like your, I like your goal, right? You said you that you're anywhere between 2000 to 2,500 members and mm -hmm. what they typically say, like in this industry is like a hundred members per a thousand square feet of usable space. Like that's, okay. I didn't know that. Average. And so hypothetically, if we're going with that statement, I'm um, right on target, you're right on target, right? That's where yeah. you, your goal is right where you want to be. Um, and that's good. So talk to me a little bit about that growth process. What does it look like for you guys? How are you finding new members to flow into the gym? So uh, let me share with you one thing about that. So I, we are constantly trying to, we like the Disneyland model where there's always something new, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you are always adding something new in your gym, you're going to bring attention to it and bring new people. And so, um, and sometimes that's just equipment. That's just how the gym feels. That's some fresh paint blah, 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 right? A new class here and there. Well, we're getting ready to start um, at the end of this month. Um, we're getting ready to start a renovation with the men's locker room. So our locker rooms need some love. We did one round of renovations when we first got here, but it actually we did two rounds, but now it needs the final round. Um, actually, it won't be the final round because I still need to add a sauna. So that will come, but um, we're going to start that phase. And so like after that's going to be about a 30 day so renovation. And after that is finished, I will really kind of go forward with my marketing efforts, if you will. I, you know, you kind of have to be ready to receive the business once you throw yourself out there. And so I really want to be ready to receive the business. So how do I market right now? I'm doing Google ads and I'm doing Facebook ads. And that is it. I don't do any print advertising. I don't do any flyers. I um, pre-COVID, you know, we're right down in the heart of Burbank. Um, so we would go down to the promenade and I would put up our branded tent and I would do like spin the wheel and hand out waters and a push-up challenge and just try to get our brand and name out there because it's literally walking distance to where our gym is. And we would offer tours. Obviously now after all of this, we don't do that anymore. I haven't done that. Um, I, I don't know that that would be very welcomed or the best use of my money and my time for my employees. So I just put all my money into digital and it's interesting. I get hit up all the time. We're just a single location. 
it's just us in this one spot. And I get hit up all the time by people. I can grow your Instagram. I can give you TikTok. I can do all this and that. It's like, I'm not trying to be national people. Let's settle down. I just want to be the best one in, in my community in like a 30 mile radius from here. I just want to be the gym everybody knows and wants to be a part of, you know? Um, and that's my goal is to just be marketing to, to the people that actually would come to the gym. Yeah. And you can target yeah. that obviously with, Facebook. that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so on your, your Facebook, I think that this is a really good kind of talking point because there's so many gym owners that are not in on Facebook yet doing the digital ads. How effective has that been for you guys? Or is there kind of ebbs and flows to it? It's very effective. I feel like we've got it dialed in. So I had my website customized um, with the graphic designer, who's the same graphic designer that helped us build our brand. She does all of my graphics for anything that I need. So she does, she actually custom designs my Facebook ads that also carry over to Instagram. You guys all know that. And so then I sort of use sometimes the same images and I just do the Google ads and I just started using Google um, for business. I didn't really, um, I just put all the money into like Facebook and, and Instagram. And I will tell you it works. So I pay a commission to any, to my front desk team for any membership that they sell. So obviously it's an advantage to me to sell memberships online. And so um, even though there's a budget attached to that, that I'm spending, like I'm signing up anywhere from 12 to 15 memberships online every month through my digital ads. And I only sell two memberships. Um, and that is my term membership, 12 month membership and my month to month membership. So you could cancel within 30 days. I sell a one day pass. I sell a seven day pass and I sell a one month pass and that's it. And right now online, you could buy the term, the month to month or the one month pass. That's it. The, the week pass and the day pass you have to buy um, when you come into the gym. I just feel like it's because um, it starts right away. I want them to use it right away. So, um, so I market, um, the 12 month I've always marketed the 12 month on, because that makes more sense, right? What, what do we all want? Recurring revenue. I don't want a ton of people paid in full. And I don't want a ton of people that are going to cancel within 30 days. I want the majority of my membership to be on the term membership with recurring revenue. So that's what I've always marketed. And I always, I said, the other thing about our membership, which we learned over time is it's super simple to sign up. There is an activation fee and there's the one, your first month fee and that's it. There's no hidden fees. There's no prorated. There's none of that BS. It's just, so the promotion I run is either no activation fee. So it's just the, right now my price point is $47 a month. So you can join and start today for $47 mm -hmm. or, or I'll um, say my first, your first month is free. So then it's just my $50 activation fee. What I always try to do, and this is demographically based of where we are and everything, and I always advise that, consider your audience and who you're selling to. And this is why my personal training program works the way it works now, because we don't have the demographic to be selling $500 personal training programs, right? So it's always $100 to get in and sign up, no matter how, no matter how you look at it. Mm -hmm. So it's like a $47 first month fee and a $50 activation fee. Like I'm always right there. So why wouldn't you want to join a gym and start for a hundred bucks or like, you know, so I don't have a problem selling memberships at all. 
Um, the interesting thing is, and I'm wondering how everybody else is handling this. This would be a great question to people, but the cancellation. So like, I feel like people now like post COVID are just wanting to like, oh, I know I signed a 12 month agreement, but I need to cancel because blah, 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 blah. Well, no, you signed a 12 month agreement. So we're really dialing in on sticking to our policy. In the beginning, I was letting anybody cancel. That first year we opened up, I had no limitations. I was very, very sympathetic and, um, or I would say empathetic and just let anybody cancel for whatever reason. And now I'm back to the policy. I need to see a proof of move or I need to saw a doctor's note or you're sticking to it. Like, you know, so, um, so that's kind of where we're at right now. And those are the promos that we run on, on Instagram and Facebook. Do you find that running like the, I guess, promo where you're giving them some sort of percent off, well, not percent, but like part of the membership off, like you said, no activation fee or first month discount or whatever it is. Do you find that that's super effective to pull clients? Like yes clients in um because yeah. I know like some people like instead of discounting like they offer some sort of like incentive to drag people in because obviously like people who are joining gyms want to see a result so some people advertise like challenges for members to come in and lose like fat or things like that have you guys tried any other method to yeah we have we've we've done an annual challenge um we did one this year it did not go well hardly anybody signed up and i just think consider our audience like i really i really look at who our clientele is the demographic we are we are not a franchise gym our our gym is super clean there's always equipment that you can get on um and i feel like that's and my staff is super friendly and i feel like that's exactly the people so we are attracting the people that are looking for that yeah. Um, our instructors and our classes are bomb They're They love our, our spin classes always full. In fact, I have to have a sign-up sheet because it's always full. Mm-hmm. Everybody really connects with, um, so people either come for any of those reasons I just mentioned, or they connect with our instructors. So we, the challenges, I just don't know. So our personal trainers will run their challenges. They'll run their own challenges and we support those. Um, but we don't, I just, I just don't know. It's just like not our community lately. It's not being, um, it's not the driving. So, and we have an in-body scale. So like we run, you know, uh, we run a promo sometimes of like, you know, join now and get a free assessment. Well, we offer a free assessment to any party that comes in the first new members. Um, we did, I did a promo one time for Facebook ads that just said after COVID people were starting to come back to the gym, you know, like in the year two just try us out, come try us out for, you know, I ran just the promo that we have. It's $20 for 24 hours. So you can come in an evening class and come again in the morning if you wanted. So we tried to run those kind of promos, but I think just the, um, the discount off is the thing that really gets people through our door. Yeah. Like the offer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for people who are like looking for a gym, they see it out and that's going to be enough to kind of drag them in. Um, And like you said, just, you have to consider your audience in my area. Like I find that people aren't really looking for gyms instead. They're looking for some sort of result. So they're looking to either gain muscle, lose fat, tone up, feel better, whatever it might be. So if I can sell that to them and how I can help them reach that, that's what works good for us. Yeah. 
So are like, you guys located more in a neighborhood area or cause we're in the city. I think that's why people just want to come work out on their lunch or whatever, you know? Yeah. So we're kind of like in the outskirts of Orlando, like right by Disney, like, like literally okay. like five minutes from Disney property. So okay. it, it is a little bit different. Um, but let me ask you this question. And I think it's just as valuable for us to talk about the stuff that is working really well as it is to talk about the challenges. Um, because another person listening to this show can really connect with you when it comes to what's, you know, posing challenging for you guys right now. So what would you consider to be the biggest business related? Um, right now it's our sauna situation. So the two gyms that are the nearest to us have a sauna. And, um, everybody that, not everybody, a lot of people that come in do ask about the sauna. So we do have a portable sauna that we got like through Amazon that it's in the women's and it's fine, but the men's does not have a sauna. And so that is one of the biggest challenges. So we do have a bit out. We do have the plans already drawn for both restrooms, uh, locker rooms. And um, just the men's is going to take a little bit more because we have to do plumbing and uh, the permits and it's hard. And I think the finance around that has been the biggest challenge. So what we're trying to work on is mm -hmm. work with, the, with work with the landlord and try to help make that a tenant improvement to help kind of support the cost. And so if that's helpful to anybody, like sometimes you can negotiate some kind of improvements to the gym through the landlord, you know, it might be helpful um, to at least explore that. So that's what we're, that's where we at. That's where we are right now. And that literally is our biggest challenge. I feel like both myself and the owner feel like if we could just overcome that one added thing to the gym, then it's just, okay, well, what new equipment do you want? And like, what do you like? Just fun stuff. Right. But that right now has been our biggest challenge since, since we got here since 2017. Yeah. You know, when you're in a super like city, like area, there's always going to be gyms popping up. Um, everywhere yeah. it's more and more common today. And so it's just a matter of like, how do we continue to stand out amongst the crowd? And if yeah. this has a sauna, well, we should probably get a sauna too, so that we can keep up with them. And of course, you know, that yeah, and it, challenges. Yeah. It, it makes sense. Like, like our competition is really like the franchise gyms because they're big. It, I, and I'm talking like there's a YMCA over there and there's a crunch over there. Like literally that's kind of like, we're in the middle of that price point and we have the same footprint as they do. There's, there's literally like an F45 and a Pilates studio. There's like all kinds of little boutique gyms around us, but you know, orange theories are on the corner. They're, they're, they are appointment based only like we're open gym and we're open seven days a week. And so like the benefit that my personal trainers have is when you sign up with their program, you also get to come to the gym as often as you want. Like you don't just come and train with them two to three days a week. You get to come to the gym and do any classes. Mm -hmm. So it's really like a great um, added benefit for them. But yeah, that's, that's kind of our competition and really our number one challenge is just trying to do the last little tweaks of what we think the gym needs. Yeah, for sure. So with that being said, kind of spoke on the, on the last little tweaks to give the gym everything that it needs. I want to ask you, you had a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for Burbank Fitness Club had come true. What would that picture look like for you? Um, I, I would believe just having all these renovations complete, like what we have drawn out with our architect, I would love to see, I can't wait. I can't wait to see that come to fruition and really then being able to, um, 
market around that. So one of the, um, that would be my biggest dream is like, I just want to see those little final details. We just walked the gym, like I said, last week, and we're adding, um, we're, we're adding to our yoga room, um, like bar. We just bought like a double bar on two sides. So we're going to start adding bar classes. We're going to change the flooring in there. We just walked that. Um, and we're adding some really cool lighting around the room like that. I love that kind of stuff. Like to me, that's my favorite thing to do. So I kind of hope that never goes away because that's what keeps me interested. And it keeps me, oh, now I have something new to market, you know, now I have something new to sell and it's fun. And I love working with my team on that. So I, I, I guess completing these um, big renovations and then always having something fun to change. And, and I'm very lucky and very thankful that I have the relationships, I the relationship I do with the owner because he trusts me and loves that we get to do that stuff together. So it's fun. Yeah, it's cool that you, you know, have like you said very early on that you've like he built this trust in you. And so now it's kind of like you have the freedom to bring these ideas to him and accomplish things for the business together. Um, last word that last yeah. question here. If you, you know, had to give it a word of advice to somebody who is stepping into this role. Um, maybe they just bought their own gym or they just became a manager at a facility. What would you share with them? Ooh, um, one of my biggest tips, I just posted this on my stories because I have a little uh, Ask Amanda side business, whatever. So I just shared this with, with people because it's huge. I'm going to hold it up for you. So I have what I call a Bible. And it's my, uh, it's my BFC Bible, literally, oh, it used to say on the side. And um, I have a version as the person who owns it, or operates everything and, and like has all, I own all the passwords and, you know, like literally if I got hit by a bus, who would step into my role and be able to do things? Right. So I have a binder that I keep here that's under lock and key in a cabinet that I update every couple of months as you change vendors out or passwords and things like that. And it literally has everything. So I keep one at the front desk and I just hired somebody yesterday and she's going through the training process. My employee manuals in there, our core values are in there, her job description, how to open the gym, how to close the gym, all of our branding, like everything is in there. So if I could give a piece of advice to managers it's just to put everything in in one place where somebody else can access it and go to if they have questions i think it's really helpful and we just happen to call it the bible because it has everything in it it's like how we run everything i think that it makes sense to have that because like you said like if something happens to you god forbid or maybe you yeah. just want to go on vacation and enjoy yourself and not have to worry about right, right. into the gym you have this and people can kind of pile through and look for the information that they need um kind of like the how-to on all the systems within the gym um that's a really great piece of advice that yes. I haven't heard anybody say before on the show so I appreciate it um oh, okay. yeah absolutely I tell a lot of people that it's so helpful yeah so where can we find you on Instagram or Facebook so we can follow along as you continue to grow the gym Sure. So we're at Burbank Fitness Club. You could find us on Facebook and Instagram at Burbank Fitness Club um, or check out our website, which we're very proud of because I love how we always are updating that. I do want to say one thing interesting about just about marketing our gym and maybe this would be helpful and you might find it helpful because, you know, the smaller studios, but 
we we have a photographer that we have hired and he does photography and videography and literally so if you go to our instagram and our any of our social media and all the photos on our website are all actual members of our gym okay. so we don't we don't have stock photos you know i'm not the face of the gym it's literally our members we when i started this podcast with you i told you that we're very community forward and the gym is just um I mean, our core values are around the word care and the first word for care is about community. And so all of our marketing efforts. And so the cool thing about that is people love seeing themselves on our feeds, right? So they share it and stuff and they tag and they say, so it's kind of fun. So, and they always are trying to post, you know, tag us on their stories so that I share it for them. So it's kind of cool. So if you go to our stories and you, or you go to our social media sites and our website, you'll see actual members of our gym. That's awesome. I do the same with my facility. I think it does make a difference if we're showing like real actual people. There's a lot of CrossFit gyms out there that use like pictures of their members that are like the competitive ones or the ones yeah. that like, look really, really good. And that's fine to share some of that. But we should also make sure that we're showing the real life people that are here in the trenches in the day to day um, using our services, because when we can as a consumer, when we can relate to the people that we see in the pictures, that's when we're like, all right, well, I'll go now. I'll go try it out. Um, yeah, you don't want to be intimidated. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. And I thank you for sharing it with us. And thank you for okay. being here today, Amanda. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then listeners, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, guys, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you want to come for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Chris Kelly from Kelly's Coaching in Milton Keynes, United Kingdom. What's up, Chris? How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. That's my pleasure. All right. Let's jump right into the details here. What is it that made you want to own your own business? How did you get started? What's the the shortened version of the backstory there? Because The I'm shortened sure. version. Um, well, I was quite lucky when I was at school. I knew I wanted to be a PT at 15. Mm -hmm. um, so I've actually been a personal trainer since for the last 25 years. Uh, the business itself has been self-sufficient for the last 12 years when I decided to leave the industry as in other companies and things, private businesses to do things my way um, after spending many years seeing what things, you know, things that weren't done properly um, and kind of how it should be. Mm -hmm. uh, so when my first child was born, I decided it was time to make my own path. Yeah, Absolutely. Love that. It's a, a great time to make it happen. Yes. Yes. It's only giving you the motivation to get, get the hard work done. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It always uh, helps when you've got other mouths to feed for sure. 
exactly probably wasn't the most ideal time but it worked out in the end right yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> that definitely is true you know a lot on your plate at that time for sure um so now tell us about your business model today how do you structure things do you do group classes semi-privates only one-on-one -on -one sessions kind of walk us through the layout there okay um primarily i'm a one-to-one -one instructor uh, that's my bread and bar that's what i kind of love to do um it's why i got into the game and things like that i do run group classes but they're not really classes they're more group pts for people that have you know need that little bit of financial help they can't afford pt or something like that um obviously do the standard online coaching but again in my own very unique way dealing with people one-to-one -one. uh that's sort of what you know lights me up is dealing with people one-to-one -one, finding out their lives their stories their journeys and helping them through everything i'm not a real big fan of sort of automated services um you know i think personal training should be personal um because everybody's journey everybody's life is a little bit different uh but primarily yeah, it's me my unit which seems to be growing into two buildings um we've got a functional fitness area we've got a strength and contritioning area we've got 12 acres of outdoor space uh so you know because again everybody likes different types of training i don't do one type of training it depends mm -hmm. on what the customer wants and what the customer needs so some people i'm strength and conditioning some people were doing more functional fitness some people were doing outdoor work um because again it's finding that comfortable environment that they're they want to be in right. rather than trying to force everyone to be that you will fit into the gym mm -hmm. <laughs> routine right okay and how many clients or members are you currently serving on the top of my head i would say between classes one-to-one -one and on probably about 100 people okay yeah so it's it's quite busy um obviously doing that myself but i i wouldn't want it any other way um because <laughs> it's what i enjoy it's what i love to do right yeah absolutely so are you um kind of a, a one-man show one-man operation or do you take on all the clients yourself or do you have some help along the way um i do all the coaching myself um okay. you know because of my certain makeup and my personality i'm a bit of a control freak and you know <laughs> like to do things my way um as i said i do things a little bit differently than i suppose the industry does um i've always done a lot of mindset nutrition care you know the whole ethos of the business is to be happy and healthy Mm -hmm. However, due to the size of the company, it's growing. I now have somebody take care of all the graphics design. Uh, another company takes care of all the websites. Um, obviously, I use a different software for all the programming and stuff like that. So even though the coaching is done by myself, my team behind the scenes is <laughs> growing slowly. And that's kind of how I like to, to roll, really, because that way I can, you know, I like coaching people rather than coaching other coaches, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And are you in a situation right now where you're looking to take on more clients and grow, or are you kind of maxed out in that department? It's I've been fully booked for about six years. Um, obviously over the last few years, uh, online has become the way, um, mm -hmm. obviously. So I do a lot more online. Obviously that is a little bit easier to fit more people in, um, thanks to softwares and things like that. So that helps. But yeah, not really. No, we're going to expand into obviously doing more stuff on social media uh, because that's kind of where the growth is now. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously moving that to online based programs and stuff like that, where I can still be me, still do it my way, but obviously mass produce a little bit more 
what I do, but without losing the personal touch. Um, the idea of Kelly's coaching is never going to be the ten pound app where you sign up. It will be a premium app where you are actually speaking to me, um, mm -hmm. so I can actually help you at the same time. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And on the same lines as that subject, what does your process look like when you do have somebody that comes in and is just starting out with you? Um, are they coming in for some type of a consultation assessment? Uh, kind of walk us through the process of what that looks like. Somebody coming in for their first time and signing up for an actual program or membership. Yeah, so normally people contact me normally via social media, emails, telephone calls. Um, obviously, I've spent a lot of money on the website because I think I'm very much into things that need to look nice and uh, look proper. Once somebody's contacted me, we normally have a telephone conversation or a Zoom chat just to get to know each other because it is a very personal relationship. You are involved in somebody's health and well-being. You're going to know a lot about them personally, physically, about their lives. So you have to have to gel, you know, because if you don't gel, it just won't work. So that's a more of a two-way conversation for them to interview me, but also for me to interview them to make sure it's the right fit and I can dedicate the time that they need um, to what they're doing. You know, obviously I'm not a specialist in every area. So if somebody wants to particularly go down a Pilates or yoga route, then I will refer them to other work colleagues where they're better suited. You know, for me, the money is always important, but it's secondary to people being happy and healthy. And if I think somebody else could do a better job, I'm quite happy to pass them on to other colleagues that I've known uh, because I just think it's better for the person and better for myself as well. There's nothing worse than rocking up to work and not wanting to be there because personalities clash. And mm -hmm. uh, right. once they've sort of done that, then they come in. Uh, if it's a normal physical one-to-one -one client, we go through what we call a biomechanical session to see where their body is at that current moment have a coffee, spend some time going through goal settings um, because my job is to take them where their body currently is to where they want to go. Um, mm -hmm. And then I go home and then I do my magic of developing the plan that gets them from A to B. Got it. Okay. And how are your clients, your members paying for the services that you provide? How do you structure payment memberships? Are you doing packages or are they on monthly reoccurring? memberships how do you structure that it's a little bit different depending on what they do so online is a monthly reoccurring uh sort of membership i suppose or package yep. uh classes followed the same route as you know a, a monthly membership where they can have access to any classes that we've done everything's done online via my app uh, so they can book and pay pt again is very old school you know you either pay for single sessions blocks of sessions um, and then we use those sessions depending on their frequency that they need help with um, and obviously that's how we sort of roll so it's a lot of it's in the client's control of you know how much help they want because they think it's very important not to turn into a salesperson I get asked all the time how many sessions do you need well how long is a piece of string you know and if you get down that route it's inevitably very easy to oversubscribe people and go well have four sessions a week but they might only need two <laughs> because that money factor sort of comes in if they're seeing you more you're getting paid more mm -hmm. um so i try and avoid that and give them the support that they feel they need and that might fluctuate for our coaching lifetime do you know what i mean they might start off with one session move up they might also start with a load and move down as they feel more confident and competent to do things on their own um, right every a little bit different, which again is why I kind of kind of like it. No two people are the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And 
on average, how long would you say that your clients are sticking with you? I mean, earlier you said you've been pretty much booked for the last six years or so. So that uh, speaks volumes. And on average, I mean, industry average is three to six months. So it sounds like you've got people sticking around longer than that. Yes, I think uh, my longest running client, we're now at 12 years um, with me. (laughs) On average, it's kind of, I would say 50% of them have been at least three years and more. Mm -hmm. Um, And then obviously the other 50% are those people that, you know, sort of come and go, you know, whether they're gone, they move, COVID, financial things. um, You know, so we do, I do have a little bit of that in and out clientele mm-hmm. but a large majority of them stayed with me for for years um you right. know it comes like a lifelong partnership yeah yeah absolutely and what do you think are some of the key things that really play into that long-term retention i suppose you know because of the i'm, I'm a bit more of a i suppose a general pt um as i said i'm very much into the mindset you know once the mind's on board the body will follow quite mm-hmm. easily so you know my clients we, we would a good relationship that's why we do the consultations we vibe we're very similar i've grown a lot over the 25 years so i've sort of grown with a lot of my clients obviously when i started PTing in the early days i was you know 15 16 um i've gone through having children being married you mm-hmm. know starting my own business um all the financial troubles that come with that and my clients have sort of followed their dreams i've started with clients you know that been single they found their partners they got married we worked for pre and postnatal two or three times right <laughs> um, you know it just gives them the, the the confidence to it's one less thing they have to think about you know what do i need to eat what do i need to do i do all that for them we just have a chat and then they do what i tell them to do and they've got trust in me and they know, you know from the results they get that it's money well spent in their eyes Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, results are really what make people stick around, right? It's like, if you can get people results then, and continue to get people results, you know, and that doesn't always necessarily mean weight loss, you know, it's, it changes throughout their lives, depending on what they're experiencing. Like you said, you know, people are going from being a single to finding their partners to having children. And there's so many phases that come into play. Um, And you build such a relationship with people over that time. So it goes a long way to be able to provide them what they need at whatever stage they are in their lives. So yeah. Okay. And so now where are you directing most of your attention within the business right now? What are you currently working on? Really, I suppose the easiest way to describe it is tidying everything up. Um, Obviously I've been doing this 12 years now, you know, it started off as a, means to ends to provide money for my kids, you know, and I never really believed until probably about seven, eight years in that this is what I do <laughs> permanently. Um, you right. know, I don't need to worry about finding another job. Mm-hmm. It's um, and really just sort of just trying to grow things social media wise, you know, obviously there's not many people my age in their forties uh, sort of, te- you know, on social media. Um, and that's generally my clientele. Um, obviously my clientele tend to be in their forties. They are pretty well off and affluent. They're business owners, lawyers, actors, athletes. So they're not really on social media because they've got no one representing them. You know I mean? They're not interested in a 19 year old with an eight pack and a Photoshop um, platform. 
they just want somebody that speaks to them a little bit more real that understands the difficulties of having you know i have three kids myself of trying to fit workouts in you know mm-hmm. start business at 6 a.m when my first client i finish at 8 p.m at night you know i've got right. a wife to fit in friends to fit in mother to fit in <laughs> kids to be in their football practices, <laughs> all right. that type of stuff. Um, so that's sort of my main focus is just making sure everything runs more efficiently so I can do more clients mm-hmm. and sort of just build brand awareness online because it's something I've never had to do because I've always been fully booked uh, because kind of my ethos is if, you know, if I do my job properly, everybody looks great. They feel great. They tell people. And um, mm-hmm. so referrals have always been my number one bread and bar. Mm-hmm. However, now moving on to online, obviously that is the space to be. If you want to grow online, online coaching, you need to be online on the socials doing the thing. Um, so I'm enjoying learning that, you know, doing things like podcasts, videocasts, Zooms, <laughs> all that type of stuff. Um, so yeah, that's currently what I'm focusing on the next few years, just sort of building brand awareness online to yeah. reach people that don't know me. You know, obviously right. I'm very well known for what I do because um, I'm part of the woodwork, but outside of Milton Keynes, no one's probably ever heard of me. So this is why things like this is great because obviously I get to reach people that won't have ever heard of me. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And that's the nice thing about scaling online is that it is super scalable, right? Because it's like, you're not limited to just a, a certain area or certain um, radius within the facility. There are so many people that you can help so many people that you can reach. And now have you ever done any type of paid advertising through social media. So um, Facebook is still the best converting platform to this day, but anything through Facebook, Instagram, Google, anything of that nature? Uh, I have, uh, you know, I've dipped my toe in, Um, you know, I tend to dip my toe in and try and learn as much. I love learning. It's kind of my, my hobby is to learn new things. Uh, So we've, I've done a few Google ads. Um, Obviously once the website was done, you know, the first websites I built myself, um, obviously, until it grew, but I was just capable of doing the next set of websites because, you know, you have to be a web designer. And um, so once that was done, we had, a you know, we've done a few Google ads to see what, you know, what works, what doesn't work, um, you know, and they, they, some work, some don't, um, obviously, because again, because my clientele tends to be 40 plus in mm-hmm. previous years, probably before COVID, social media wasn't the place to find a 40 year old mum that's good when social media was for the kids yeah. <laughs> However, because social media has been going so long now the kids that were 23 on social media are now 33 and starting their families you know mm-hmm. so the the whole age range of social media is growing so i'm finding there's a lot more traction on there but um i've had success with google ads i've had six uh, success with facebook ads but there's so much to learn yeah. about um and finding what works and what doesn't work Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of part of the fun. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, Facebook is, it is the best converting platform, but it is also, in my opinion, a better um, platform to find people that are more established as opposed to Instagram, TikTok. Those tend to be like the younger social media platforms, you know, whereas Facebook is typically like the 35 plus range, you know, um, I mean, 30, 35, I always like to, so I used to have a kickboxing facility and I always used to, um, like to target people like 25 plus, 
you know, because at that point, you tend to be a little bit more established, kind of have the income to be able to spend on training. Um, so yeah, I mean, I always found that Facebook worked very well for that. But yeah, I, I mean, some of the other platforms, the newer platforms are the younger crowd. Yeah, and I think it depends on what you're trying to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Google Ads has probably had the most success followed by Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, within Instagram and things like, as I said, you know, it's not uncommon to be 30 to 40 on Instagram now. Right. Mm-hmm. TikTok was for the kids, but now that's rolling into older generations right. <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's, uh, you know, I, I don't tend to do them all. I tend to sort of stick to the Instagrams, Facebooks and Google. So I think it's better to narrow mm-hmm. the field and try and focus a little bit more than be on everything and spread yourself too thin, especially because I am so busy and there is that, where am I going to put these clients? So again, I don't do too much because there's no point getting an extra, you know, 50 new clients because I've got no way to put them um, at the right. moment because <laughs> I'm kind of fully booked. And I say, I've always believed in referrals, physical referrals, even for my classes, you know, bring a friends, you know, they'll get a discount off the class. I'll give you a discount on your month's membership, you know, get, get the customs and customers themselves to sell it. Mm-hmm. It works much more than anything else because they'll tell people if you're good or bad. Um, and it gives me the fire to make sure I do my job properly. So they've got nice things to say to their friends, their in-laws, their partners, you know, their kids mm-hmm. <laughs> to come along because they feel safe and they feel, you know, happy to train with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That definitely goes a long way. The only issue with that is that it's a limited pool, right? Cause it's like the people within your facility or within your network only know so many people. Right. And there's a vast amount of people out there that need help. Right. And that's that's always the conundrum. I think, you know, why, you know, people like, why don't you get other trainers working for you, you know, building and stuff like that. Because for me, what, what I enjoy is the one-to-one. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? You know, yes, money's important, but I'd rather have joy going to work than, you know, I'd rather train a hundred people really personally than have 10,000 that I don't even know their names because there's just, too many Uh, Mm because I think that's what's happened with a lot of especially influencers um you know that once you've got 10,000 people you don't know their names you don't Mm -hmm. care about what's happening in their daily lives you don't know what the children are up to because it's impossible um so I've always deliberately kept it kind of kind of small um for that basis of you know you pay a little bit more for the hour but you know I I want I care about you (laughs) um and that's what really I enjoy, you know, and I think as I got older, I realized enjoyment is the most important thing for work because yes, everything can be scalable. You know, you can build apps and stuff like that, but then you just lose the personal part of training. You're just selling plans. And for some people, that's great. That's what they want to do. They want a great big scalable business. But for me, and I like knowing my customers' names. I like, you know, knowing what they're on holiday and knowing what their kids are up to and their kids' names. And, you know, that's what kind of brings me a bit of joy in my life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's got to be some type of a balance there, right? Between the two, being able to help as many people as possible, but also keeping it personalized enough. Whereas, you know, those details about people and you have those um, more personal relationships with the people that you are working with. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now what is your main goal for this business? Like big picture goal? What are you working on? 
big picture. Where would you like to take the business, I guess, is a better question. Well, I, I suppose as I get older, obviously, you know, I know I can't do this forever, you know, physically get up at 5 a.m. every day, you know, on the cold days. So for, I suppose the sort of the big dream is, as I say, to grow social media, um, maybe to bring out a book. Um, you know, there's not many trainers that have been training for 25 years. You know, when I started, we had pen and paper. There was no social media. Mm-hmm. There was no internet. There was, you know, there was, there was nothing, um, you know, so you, you had a book, you had a pen and paper and that's how you work. So it would be nice to sort of pass on my lifetime knowledge in through social media or maybe something like a book or, you know, something to, to leave behind maybe when I, I'm gone um, to help other trainers. As I said, their, their world is so different now starting mm-hmm. off, you know, when I started, you know, six packs were limited to a very niche people that were into bodybuilding and bodybuilding was a very niche sport. Mm-hmm. Now it's almost as important, if not more important than a qualification. Um, because if you don't have one somehow, the whole world thinks you don't know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> uh, and it, there's so much to do. As I, as I said, social is something I'm focusing on. Um, but it isn't, you know, sometimes for, for smaller companies to build the best ways. You know, Milton Keynes has got a quarter of a million people in it. I'm never going to be able to help a quarter of a million people in my lifetime um, to be healthy. So it's, it's finding that balance of what to leave, you know, something personal like a book would be a dream of mine to, to leave behind and hopefully help other trainers and help other people and telling people how it should be done. Not mm-hmm. what they tend to see nowadays on online. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Share your experience and um, let people know that they can still do it kind of, the not the old school way but on a on a more personal level and they don't have to conform to the way that things are going now per se yeah. um, and along those lines one thing that i always love to ask every gym owner that i speak with is what is one of the most important things that you've learned throughout your time in ownership in this industry what's one of the biggest lessons that kind of sticks out to you the most You've got to care about what you do. Um, that's the number one ingredient, I think, for anybody wanting to run any business. Um, you know, there's a there's a lot of hours. You know, it's going to take a long time before you see paychecks that reflect the effort that you've put in. Um, so if it's something that you don't love, I always confer like running a gym is like running, you know, working in a bar. You know, it might be okay to sit in a bar and have a drink, but being behind the bar and running it are very different things. Mm-hmm because somebody loves working out being a coach isn't about working out you know that's why most of the best coaches in the world weren't world champion athletes themselves being an athlete and being a coach are mildly different so i think you know that's the one thing i learned is you're gonna love it and i learned luckily sort of in my 30s that being a coach was what i loved doing um, mm-hmm. yes i like working out and i like staying fit and healthy but it wasn't that wasn't the fire it was being a coach. So I suppose the number one lesson is just, you've got to love it because there's going to be some, a lot of dark times, <laughs> you know, COVID's recessions, you know, new yeah. businesses opening on your doorstep. Um, it can be scary. Um, so, but if you love it and the money, it will always be important, but it's secondary mm-hmm. to doing something you enjoy, then you'll always see it through because it's what you want to do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when you do, what you love, the money typically comes along with that. 
Yeah, you know, you just like, stick at it. You know, what I mean, that's the yes. beauty because I'm so established. You know, by default, I've become an expert because I've done it, the same job for 25 years. Right. Um, it's not what I set out to do, but when you've done something day in day out, whether it's drawing, writing, reading, writing, you become an expert after two decades of doing the same thing. Right. Day in day out. So customers come find me, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of kind of nice and stuff. Like that. But that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't loved it, and there was no other option. This is what. I felt I was born to do. Right. There was no looking for another job or changing industry because as far as my brain is concerned, this is it. Yes, right. There was exactly. no plan B, as Will Smith used to say. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You find a way to make it work. Exactly. Definitely. All right, awesome. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Okay, um, literally type in Kelly's Coaching on any social media platform, whether it's TikTok, Snapchat. Um, I've been very lucky to manage to nap the name on all social media channels, uh, whether it's websites, just type in Kelly's Coaching and you'll be able to find me on any platform. All right, perfect. Super simple there. Love that. All right, so Chris Kelly from Kelly's Coaching in Milton Keynes, United Kingdom. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Vern from 24 Hour Gym out of Swindon, United Kingdom. Welcome to the show, Vern. How are you today? Very well, thanks, Brooke. Very well, thank you. I'm excited to have you here and to learn more about what you do within your fitness business. Before we really spend a lot of time here diving into the nitty gritty of what you do and and how you do it, what has worked well and what hasn't, I want to hear a very brief backstory here. You know, what was it that made you decide to open up this fitness business, um, you know, back when it first began? Oh, um, I used to compete bodybuilding back in the day as a hobby. Uh, so I was working construction first and then I was doing bodybuilding as a hobby and I competed and done a, a few competitions. I enjoyed the training and all the things that went with it, the discipline, the education, the nutrition. Um, and I just realized that there isn't any money in bodybuilding. You know, there is plenty of money in golf and there is tennis, but there isn't in bodybuilding, unfortunately. Um, so I thought the only way you could, could actually make money or turn pro or get paid for what you enjoy doing was to get my own gym. Um, so I started my first gym 
I did a bit of boxing, the boxing season finished. Then I went across into, when that season finished, I went into the gym and that's how I really started. And then I was in construction and um, then come out of that. I think I got my first gym in 91, which was just a thousand square feet, no toilet, the port cabin toilet outside, no carpet, but we had good equipment. So, and um, people do follow the equipment. And um, so I did that, I kept that gym for, we don't, um, for four, three years, three or four years, then I moved to the second gym from 94 till 2000. And that was down in Bournemouth, down in South of England. I started that from scratch, just an empty building, kept that for five years. And then I sold that um, for five times, five times more than we paid for it. So it was quite good. And then we, in 2001, I uh, moved back to Swindon from, uh, from Bournemouth. And from 2001, um, it, till today we've been in the same same building that we've been in so we've been here 20 years together cool 90, 91 to 21 30 years yeah it's a long time so we've seen a lot come and go it certainly is a long time especially in this industry kind of as you said you've seen a lot come and go and this is um the past few years especially in this industry things have been a little bit crazy to say the least um Vern, give us kind of your elevator pitch of a 24-hour gym. Paint a very clear picture for us and our listeners. We really want to understand kind of your business model. Yeah, well, we, um, well, they, well of course, gyms, when I mean, people talk about gyms, it's a bit like a restaurant. You know, you eat a restaurant, which is a fish restaurant or a steak restaurant. So a gym is, you know, can be almost subjective. So we try to make it, it's what we do is mainly free weights. Um, we love the American gym equipment. You guys have always leaded the way of gym equipment you know, from over the rest of the world, really. Um, you know, that, the, the hammer strength and the prequel nauseous equipment, the stuff that you take for granted in your standard gyms is, is, is a revelation to us because they're such, you know, bad design. Um, so yeah, you, the Americans design all the best equipment and we do our best to try and fill our gym with the best equipment. Uh, people aren't stupid, they do recognize good quality equipment, it's this well maintained. Um, we prefer to work with machines, um, obviously and the cardio as well, which again is all life fitness. Um, so yeah, so we've got, um, that, that's all we do. We mainly, we just stick with free weights and machines. Um, um, or uh, that's it free weights and machines is what we are we don't do no personal trainers no spinning classes no no box size um functional training but it's for them there's no tutorial towards any of that um we think there's a there's always going to be time it's stood the test of time um just you know keeping gym simple as einstein said as simple as possible no simpler so we just run it with nice gym equipment and make um Everything's clean, everything's tidy, nothing's out of order, nothing's ripped, um, nothing's ripped at all. Everything's clean, immaculately clean, and we've got the loveliest members. It was the first gym to go 24 hours in the UK in 2003 uh, because we needed a USP. We needed a new selling point because there's so many gyms operating. Um, and obviously, I got the idea from, I think it's 24 Hour Fitness in Waikiki on the beach there. It's closed down now. But that's where I got the idea from because there's no 24 hour gyms in, well, in UK. All the gyms were opening, um, and budget gyms, which obviously started from yourselves over America, they caught on here. It was a race to the bottom. So we realized to try and get something unique before we were the first 24 hour gym. It did work for us. Um, and then of course, you know, we tried to get away from the race to the bottom, you know, 
I mean, look at, we're race to bottom, you look at Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness, what are they, $7 a month, look what they can give you. So we got to, so our unique selling point was having good basic equipment and then the customer service um, and getting the best equipment. Uh, we're not the gen, don't drive the bottom. We kept our prices high, we're one of the high, most expensive. We, we were the first premium gym to go members only, which we are now, which means you go to you go to London and you can pay $3,000 a year, you know, but we're not, we're working with a premium gym, which is, is ours is $45 a month or 39 pounds a month. Um, so we're not driving to the bottom. So we we're aim for quality and not, uh, not quantity. Uh, there is a market for that, um, but long as, you know, we have no advertising, no marketing, it's all word of mouth. And you can only join the gym if you know an existing member. Nice people have got nice friends. So we grow inside out, not outside in. Um, we try and be time efficient by only attracting people that already know what it is that we do, rather than endlessly advertising as a gym, trying to filter out loads of people that are looking for swimming pools, spinning classes, boxer signs, CrossFit, everything. So that's why we've kept it simple as we possibly can. It's worked for us over the years. In 20 years, we've seen all the gyms come and go. We see fitness first expand to 200 gyms and, and, and die. Mm -hmm. Fitness, fit, fit, uh, fit, um, 24 hour fitness has just closed down. Gold's gym's closed down. And I, I was back in the day, I was the same as a few people in, the, in this group. You know, we all want to be empire buildings. We all want to get, you know, we all want to get another, get one gym going, then get another gym going. I'm not an empire builder. I was back in the day, I thought I'd get one going and get another one going, but it doesn't work like that. You can only be 10% good at 10 things, 25% good at 10 things. You're going to be 100% good at one thing and you can't split yourself. So we decided obviously to stick with what it is. No one can maintain it like you do yourself. The equipment's got to be maintained. Right. Cleaning the bins, just in the, everything. We're checking the toilets. Just from when you walk outside the front door, what do you see? There can't be a bit of litter on the floor. It's that perceived experience. And when you walk in, and we get used, we fall asleep at the real gyms, do gym owners. They fall asleep and they've got their ham, a bag chucked over the seat and all their rub. You know, you've got always trying to see it as a member season. So we try and look at the gym as a member season. What do they want to see? What do they need? You know, plenty of equipment, all well maintained. Um, no, no personal trainers in the gym taking over a rink. No weights on the gym floor. Everyone's got to put their weights away. Free strikes and out policy. Um, so, and, and we do the gym to run it for the well-being of all the members. We have no powerlifters. We have no weightlifters. We don't believe in it because we think that there are different. If people are counting kilos and, and um, bodybuilding's fine, anything like that, but we don't believe in, in powerlifting. Isn't what we do. We don't think about powerlifting or weightlifting. So whenever you work out, we, I'd rather change your weights to pieces of fruit. An, old, you know, an orange is 20 kilos, an apple is 10 kilos. Powerlifters, it, it doesn't matter. Because um, even the weights, the weight stacks, they can be you know, one ton or, four, or five ounces. So we don't do take care for powerlifters. I just don't think it works. A lot of people disagree and say we like to have mixed. I think you should specialize in what it is you do. If you want to do powerlifting, go and do powerlifting. Don't start leaving chalk everywhere your bags are where sniffing salts and carrying a bag around like a tennis player. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it just doesn't fit. You know, weightlifting, they, theirs is counting numbers. Bodybuilding and changing the shape and contour of your body is totally different. I think you're trying to put a nail in a wall with a screwdriver. So um, that's why we don't have powerlifters and weightlifters, but we do bodybuilding. Um, that's pretty much it, Brooke. Okay. Okay. Well, that was a really great description of all you have to offer and kind of why you do things that way. Um, you know, something that, that really is interesting to me is the fact that you don't offer any personal training in the facility. So that means people are coming in, they're doing their own thing, and then they're heading out and they can come in 24 hours and, and do that. Now, what's your take on like 
why you don't offer personal training because I think that there are many people in this industry who have no idea what they're doing and no idea how to get started. So how do you work with that kind of avatar or do you just not? Well, it's, it's again, it's that race to the bottom. You know, um, if you, you wouldn't go, a bar, go to a bar which is $10 all you can drink, who would be there? When you advertise these gyms for $10, $15 or 10, 20 pounds, any, anyone that's just chasing it, they turn up. What we're looking for is people, people which are, we they keep our prices high and we, we just, we, we, people reckon, people aren't stupid. Your members aren't stupid. They recognize quality. They recognize everything that you do. So, so these, the people that come to us are people that's either been at a gym before, been experienced, and they can just see what's wrong in the different people around the different gyms. We hear it all the time. They come in, you know, why I don't have personal trainers in the gym is because I find them disruptive. They, they, they have a vested interest. So they talk to their friends, um, they, they cherry pick their and they walk around the gym with PT on the back. They take over the equipment. We're using that. We're using that. Five more sets on that. And they take over everything. And it's like, oh, it's about the money. You choose what you like. It's me, a personal training facility should be exactly that. That's where you go. There is some, some gyms here that are personal training only. It's a bit like what gyms could do wrong. They try and be all things to all people. We have got the best equipment and we've got the, and this is what we're specialist in. My mum is, okay. is better than your mum. If, if I want to go swimming, then I go to a proper swimming Olympic pool, which they have provided by the local council. I will try and do, use a swimming pool that's in the gym that's four foot deep and like pea soup. Stick to the specialist of what you do. So personal trainers in the gym. And again, in the, in the end, in America, I think we call them counters. They're just in the gym, counting reps, looking at their phone behind people when they're still training. You know, I don't think, and they get over familiar. From my experience, I've been doing this for a long time. In the end, you see the post trainers, they're behind the counter with their feet up and they feel as though they're parked. They pick and choose the people. Right. We don't have personal training in the gym. They're disruptive. Okay. I understand, you know, your opinion on that. And I think that I would agree with you in certain circumstances, most definitely are very disruptive. And I think for you, you know, that's not something that you specialize in. So I understand that you don't offer that. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, you said something in there in your elevator pitch um, that you are only open to kind of member referrals. You're not open to the general public. So how did you come about making that decision for your business? Because we could. So, um, you know, people are people very scared of doing, of, putting, of doing a price rise. I've never regretted doing a price jump. Then what happens is, is I think we, we have the budget gyms, they work in reverse, so drive to the bottom. So you, as you know, over the years, there wasn't budget gyms around. Now they're around. First, it's $30 a month, $25 a month. Then it's, you know, uh, $10 and all you can eat. You know, it's a drive to the bottom where we are mm -hmm. quality, where people want to come in, they want to work out with no disruption, no one on their cell phone, no one walk around doing selfies, we have no blogging. There is a, a while I come up with with, with, with people that know, because there's a certain amount of people that know what they want. We've been doing this 20 years, so of course we've nurtured the people that, you know, not so much what we want, the people have got the same attitude, of, they understand what genetic is. They understand, you know, respect for, they understand. And there's a lot of people that don't. And I'm not going to be here to filter out the guys I, I try, you can't. You, you, they all come in, you know, can I do a look? I don't do a show round. 
you know, and if but there's there's people that already know what we do, they bring their friends and say nice people, nice friends, and we incentivize that as well. So we do a, a free part membership where it's thirty nine pounds for one person. If they bring a guest, it goes down to thirty four each, and then if they, a third person they can add to their membership, it goes down to twenty nine. So of course it's it's an, it's an incentive for nice people to bring their friends. I'm sure you're a nice person, Brooke. I'm sure you've got nice friends. You get a person you don't really like, don't go on with. Have a look at their friends. They're the same. That's why we don't have powerlifters in there, because guess who their friends are going to be? Powerlifters. So that's why um, we always say nice people have got nice friends. We don't need to troll. We don't need to put a sign up. We don't need to advertise. There's something quite snobby about that, but we've got ourselves in a position because we can pick and choose the members that we want. Um, and, and rather than try to, you know, when people ring up and say, why can't I come in? This is stupid for business. You'll, you'll go bust about it. We don't need people. Oh, we've got nice enough members as it is. We built ourselves up doing what we're doing. And then they can, any member, then people say, your gym's full up, isn't it? Like I said to you, you know, an, an existing member can bring in 100 guests. No public can come in as one guest. We just want nice people. It's, it's less work for me. It's less maintenance. Is the, 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 the equipment used use less because we've got a lot of equipment, but long as so we'd rather have quality members charge a bit more for the people that value it. That's how people value anything is by what they pay for it. So first member, what, what gym owners want to do is value what they do themselves. Value yourself first. You know, and people will pay and people do buy people, you know, as long as you you give the people time to term respect, you know, and look after their interests. Um, and we do everything for the members. We've got a members' private Facebook group, which you've seen, Brooke, you see how it works. It's all to in, not interact, you know, and it's just, it's open. You know, if people aren't stupid. They see what it is that you do. So the 24-hour gym with members only, you can do it public. No, why? They're hard work. They're hard work. And then when they do join, we always say to them, there's three strikes and out policy. What does that mean? If I've got to talk to you for three times for anything, Brooke, we're not getting it doesn't mean you're a bad person, it doesn't mean you're doing right. things wrong. Don't get on What does that mean? Well, I like to take my shoes off when I when I train. You're not doing it. Oh, I like to sing to music when I train. You're not doing it. I always take my bag in because people, in other words, people that's been trained out of gyms pick up bad habits and they bring those bad habits into the gym. You know what? We don't want the bad habits, you know. They lay their weights, their weights on the floor against the machine, put it on the rack. Because when one person does it, another person does it. So we do three strikes now. And if the weights are left on, then we create fun over making sure that people put the weights back. So we do the gym police and have a bit of fun with it. We do various posts to let people know. But everybody, it's like, you know, even the gym equipment, you know, the members expect it to be tidy. They don't expect to be ripped. You look at your car seats. They're lovely. Why would you go into a gym and see ripped equipment? Yeah, it's just crazy. Right. Yeah. Gym owners leave it. They think that's, you know, I don't know, they fall asleep on it sometimes. But no, we're snobs. We can pick and choose the members we want. If I never have another member tomorrow, I'll be very, very happy. But they do come in. And it's lovely the people you get. It's not the amount of people that make the party. It's the quality of people that you've got. It's not the amount of members that make the gym. It's the nice people that's in there that make the gym. I think that it is really nice to have great nice people in our gym at the end of the day this is a business so talk to me a little bit about you know you said that statement that if you never welcomed another member you would be happy so like financially the gym is in a good enough spot that it could just carry you for a lifetime is that what you're saying 
pretty well pretty much we're okay because we're not you know we've been here for so many years now all the equipment's bought and paid for we're under no pressure to perform and that's another problem with gyms is where they lend too much they borrow too much and under pressure to keep filling that hopper full of people as fast as they fill that hopper full of people the people are hemorrhaging at the bottom because they're trying to stack it high and sell it cheap there's a market for that but it's the survival of the fittest it's that reptile mentality you know a human has one or two children looks after them. a reptile has 50 or 60 you survival of the fittest. So what that means is when you keep cramming all these people in the gym, the gyms are overcrowded, they can't get on the equipment, you don't you take anybody a gym membership. What is a membership now, Brooke? Anyone with a credit card? Is that what it is? What was a membership back in the day? You remember you was a member of a club, you're part of something, something that was different. Now you've got a credit card, you're a member. That's a, we put that membership back into it of value. And people, and, and then and it has a USP of people wanting to come to the gym and they feel special because they're part of something that's different from everything else. And it's, you know, if we come together for what we have, it, 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 you know, in common, we drift apart from what we have that's different. And when you have a commonality of people, when you, you, you can, what, what restaurant do you eat at? You know, some people are just happy to go to McDonald's, grab a bag and walk off. Some people like to go for a lovely meal. That is just, hey, both the restaurant, both need to make money. One does quality and one does quantity. You can choose whatever you want. Choose your market. And when you do choose your market, make sure you, you cook the best food with the best chef. And when, you, when the, the car park's clear, not McDonald's blowing around in the wind or the survival right. of the fish. Okay. So how did you get your primary base of members? Because, like, since you aren't open to the public, you know, you obviously had to have kind of these founding members who started everything off. And then from their friends, that's how you've been able to grow. It's just constant word of mouth. And in this industry, gym owners love word of mouth. No matter who you are and what your model is, we love word of mouth, right? Because it's free. And who doesn't love free advertising? And well, like it, you said, you said earlier, you know, nice members bring more nice members, right? And they also bring that trust factor. So if, if our member trusts us, their best friend who has heard them talk about us is going to come in. They're going to trust us. That's just that ongoing cycle. And we love that clientele, but there becomes a certain point where that kind of slows down. And so, you know, you said you're okay with that, but I'm just interested to know, how did you, how did you get started? Like where did your original members come from? It doesn't slow down. That's just it. Brooke. It doesn't slow down. Because it slows down when we stop still. When we stop, you know, you've got to remember this, you know, if, 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 you know, if you're treading water, it's only a matter of time before you sink. So gyms open up brand new and, it's, and, and it gets devalued downwards. You, we constantly add to the gym. I would say monthly, the last time I added something brand new was yesterday. The last time I added a brand new piece of equipment was three weeks ago. The last time I added a piece of brand new equipment from that was four weeks ago. We're constantly updating the gym, and the members love that. We update, and, and, and most people can't. They put the equipment in, and it's only going downwards. Then the members start to leave. People like to be part of something that's progressive. So, it, and so members bring their friends, new members bring their friends. What's really nice is we're getting the young people in now. We're getting the 18, 19 year olds, you know, the Instagram people, and you know, the, the younger lads, you know, and that's great for us. 
and they want to be classed something different. And, uh, and there's a passage of rights, there's an etiquette that they already get when they walk in there. Right. When you walk in, you'll see, their, you'll see all their mobile phones and keys on the side. You'll see their wallets on the side. There's trust. Well, admittedly, we have 16 cameras in the, in the building. You could put a $10 note on the floor. We'd say, who picked up on what time? So, and it's, um, you know, and that's how it is. It, it, and, and they know that we know what we're doing. We know about equipment, you know? And because we've gone so long, if you don't know anything about training, how am I going to show you 200 machines? You come in, you train. So the, the, the model is that any friend member can bring their friends. They bring their friends in for a week free. Doesn't cost them nothing, doesn't cost us nothing. But there's only one thing, they must come with a member. Then they sit back and watch. We have DJs every evening between six and eight. You know, and that's different. No one's doing that. So there's, a, there's certain things that we do that we don't sell. So members tell their friends. And, it, and, 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 and uh, this is and, uh, giving you an idea what happened in, in the lockdown, when Jim's lockdown for, for, for um, Jim's lockdown for, for, for two years, 75% of our members carry on paying their membership. And I don't think there's any gym anywhere in England, very few anywhere that could do that. We didn't say you have to, they just want to support it. That's what it means to members. People understand quality when they see that. And the, and, and, the, and the other thing that we do is we do our own collections because we don't like these, these companies doing the collections for us. They actually own the members. The members of the gym have got, that's put out to these various companies to do the collections. They don't know. They don't actually own those members. Those members are owned by that collection company. You can't get that member under Freedom of Information back. You can't get that information back, which is fair enough, but they own the membership, not yourself. So when you have a lockdown, it's the credit, it's the, it's the collectors companies that closed your gym down for you. They told you they weren't doing no collections because they'd have to pay the money back if it was claimed. So we do our own collections. We do everything in-house. No one sends an email to our members. We do it. We don't, no one telling our members, threatened and tell them and given, we've got no contracts in the gym. You want to leave, you leave. Either we're doing something wrong or you've got a genuine reason. What is this where we're under contract with the gym? How rude is that? And anyone can break a contract. Anybody wants to get out of a contract with the gym? So easy. Just be obnoxious, walking out of a can of beer a cigarette. They soon ban you, contract over. So that's, you know, and they bully people. So I don't believe there should be any contracts. Well, that's our business model. Fair enough. You're holding people to your gym. People are stupid. They can see that. You know, why are they leaving in the first place? You know, it's nice when they leave. They just say there's a genuine reason why they leave. It's nothing you've done. How you keep it progressively, Brooke, is you keep investing in the gym. You know, you keep you don't you don't turn up in a Ferrari and once a week and walk around. You're there, you live it, breathe it with them. Um, you know, you, you listen to the members. And if you want a piece of equipment, don't you go and get it. The members will tell you what they want. And when they see that piece of equipment, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Do you know why it's so clever? Because no other gym's doing it. They're all just, you know, sticking the cheapest equipment they can and they're just running it with the minimum staff they can. Personal trainers is all done by money, which is just get as much as you can out the member. My clients, I'm better than him. I've got 50 clients. I've got 60 clients. Everyone's, and they're all forgetting the members, you know, and, and, and we don't. We've been out doing it so long now that we know what we need to do, and that's to look after the members but you keep your prices high and pick and choose your members. You know, you, you can't be, one, one member can scare off four or five other members and, and that's what we don't want. And that, so we're doing, okay. yeah, we're, we're still growing. Of course we are, we're still growing. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. I'm glad that you're seeing success with that. Now, I know we've, we've spent a good deal of time here talking about the immense accomplishments that you've you know had over the years you've been in the business 30 years 
I, I want to take a second here and kind of touch on some of the bottlenecks, some of the challenges. So, because I think that as a business owner, no matter what model you're operating, we are going to run into some sort of challenge. So yeah. what would you consider to be the biggest bottleneck that you're facing in, in current time? And what are you doing to kind of work on overcoming that? Well, the biggest time, you're right. The biggest time was when the corporate boys look at, I mean, you're Florida, aren't you? Florida, Brooke? You're Florida, aren't you? Yes. Right, look what Planet Fitness did to the decimated. Look what they done to gyms in the area. Man, unbelievable. They turned up $7 a month. Look what they provided. They shut all the gyms down. Every gym, they just vortexed and closed them down overnight. A few survived. But when Planet Fitness turns up, everyone gets scared. And before Planet Fitness turned up in Florida, it was, it was it is Planet Fitness, isn't it? It is Planet Fitness in Florida. Then what do they charge, Brooke? $8 a month. Walk in there. What happened? Look, well, the ones I went to, the ones I saw in Planet Fitness, they got every type of equipment, row and row of cardio. They got the crash area. They've got, they got so much. And so um, we, so that's the like budget gyms. It's a race to the bomb when everyone started doing cheaper and cheaper. And then they turned up over here, that model, which was like 30 to 30 pounds a month, 25 pounds a month, 20 pounds a month. And then now you can join a gym here for 15 pounds a month. How would you compete against that? We was losing members, but we was losing members. And it's nothing because we had nothing unique. So that's when we flipped over to 24 hour gym. We thought we can offer something that was unique. And then we fought back and we fought back by, uh, by advertising. Now, a lot of people try and do advertising and say, well, they look for the return on that. Well, it's more to do with branding. So what we done, we got like, we had a van, we got a van wrapped, which was cheap. And the other thing we done, we got um, pound coins, the, the, the English pound coins. And on one side, there's only one rule here. You're not allowed to stick this, the sticker on the Queen's head. So you've got to tell sides. We put 24-hour gym logo on there. Uh, we just had our vans, and they were, uh, which we wrapped with our 24-hour gym logo. We parked the vans in various places. In your place, it would be by the, the shopping mall. You park by the entrance mm -hmm. that van. Um, and that's how we did our branding. Um, and then when we, we built the brand, so when people join, we give them something, you know. But what was the struggles? That's the main thing. That was a struggle. Did it work? Yeah, everybody knew us. And then we was playing, the council were aggressively advertising themselves. So we copied them. We was putting our banners. So we was going around with 24-hour gym banners, and we was putting them on railings. They're saying, oh, um, you're not allowed to do that, to put these in public places. Well, the council were doing it. So there was a, a dispute with the council that had to pull theirs in. And then they say, well, what happens is you get a notice, which is like um, they finally give you a notice to move that banner. So basically, Brooks Gym, you could put somewhere or Brooks, you know, CrossFit, make a banner up and go and put it anywhere. Right. In England, in England, they, 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 uh, they send you a letter to say remove that banner in 48 hours. So after you get the letter, get the letter, you move the banner to the next road. <laughs> you got to go. So that's how you can do. That's so I was just doing the aggressive marketing back in the day because we was uh, that was when all the gyms were turning up. Um, uh, there was about four or five budget gyms that turned up. So we was just trying to put our brand up there that we was doing twenty four hours. So that was a tough one. Um, what's the other ones that were, that were tough? Um, no, for sure. I mean, I would agree with you, and that I think is a very unique challenge that many people in this industry are still facing because yeah. you know there's these budget gems popping up everywhere, but it's like, how do we stand out? We have to show our members how much more valuable it would be for us to join us for $30 a month versus, yeah. you know, the, the H $10 value membership that they're going to get at a gym like that. And so for you, it sounds like it's really like the community. That's what's kind of making 
yes. people attracted to you. It's that community that you've built, that exclusivity. Um, you know, it's not a gym that anybody can join. It's more like a club. Yes. I would consider it a club more than, you know, an open style gym. It's truly a club. Um, so I, sorry, continue. Yeah, that's what's unique now. We can make we are the first people to do it, but we know that it's it's different. Not because because no one else is doing it. Is it scary? Doing what we're doing is scary. No one told me to do this. No one's saying, Oh, it's it's financial suicide what we're doing. That's what it was. But right. there's, there's certain people that want a Bentley, there's certain people, not everybody wants, you know, it's what people want. You know, you can talk about a car, you whether you turn a car around still a car or whether you've got a Ferrari is still a car. There's certain people that, that there's a market, you know, there's there's a market for people that eat at Michelin star restaurants. There's a market for people that like the very that like things clean. I'm one of those I've OCD. We we love clean things. We love the toilets. Every we check the toilets four or five times a day. It's almost obsessive. We like it. We love it. You can go up to every machine and wipe your finger at not one bit of dust. Go into anyone's gym and do that. You walk in and look around and the members are like, this place is so clean. There's a market for that. Oh, these toilets are so clean. We love having a shower here. And all your other gyms, they're just highlighting what you go in the gyms, people are on the phones, broken. We ask if they've got another set in between and they say, yeah, and get back on their phone. We don't have people on their phones in the gym. They, they Dumbbells, if we haven't got one sign in the gym that says, please replace your weights, it's standard practice. Gyms are driving themselves mad trying to say, put your weights back. It's not the member's fault, it's the management for allowing it to happen. So as long as we do what we do, it highlights everything else the gyms aren't doing. So they're creating a market for you, which is brilliant. It's shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah, no, for sure. I, uh, I agree with you there. Now I want to take, you know, we're running out of time. I have one last juicy, I call it my juicy loaded question of the show. So take it as you will. What do you, you know, if you could have a magic wand and all of your goals have been achieved for your business, what would that picture look like? So easy. The, the thing that's missing out with gyms is diet. No gym, gym, gyms don't actually work. Gyms don't work. It's the diet that works. If you want to control the contour and shape of your body using muscle, the body's three things, bone, muscle, and fat. To control the muscle, you need to control the protein. Who's doing that? People need protein teachers, calorie teachers. All the machines and cardio machines all over the world have got calories, not carbs. It's calories in, calories out. It needs calorie teachers. I do a thing called the sun diet, which means sun diet, all heat comes from the sun. Is what is one is a project teaching people how to count calories for themselves. That's and protein. That's what I'd like. And I would love for that to work. And I'd love I'm doing a program now put together, take about a year to finish. And that's showing people how to count calories. We've done this program in the gym once a year, and it's brilliant. And I, what I love, my magic wand would be the gym's done. I can't do any more with it. It's lovely. It's a running. It's a running Ferrari. It's a Swiss watch. Nothing else. But the diet, that's one thing I'd love to do. And I want to take the project and put it into other gyms that they can teach their, uh, 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 their members how to count their calories. Everybody wins. They get in shape. They get muscle. So that's what I'd love. That's my magic wand is, is that yeah. everyone understand calories I, I like that because i think that fitness is not the only element that goes into health and wellness and a lot of gyms they don't offer the fitness uh the the nutrition element um and so that's something that they're kind of missing out on their plants aren't going to be successful if they come in and they go to the gym and then they go home and you know eat a bunch of junk right um and so as 
fitness business owners. I think it has to be all encompassing. We have to provide that fitness element. We have to provide that accountability element as well as the nutrition side of things. If we don't have nutrition accountability and, you know, fitness, we're not going to get to where we want to go in our well, fitness goals. If this fitness keeps getting mixed into it, I mean, we look at Instagram, 80, 80% of the information we take is by what we see. So in other words, how many people come to the gym that want to, people would rather look fit than be fit. That's the majority of it, they'd rather look fit. And of course, they rather look. Some people want to be fit. They heart rate, you know, they want their respiratory heart rate and all the rest of it done. Some people just want to look fit, you know, and that's it. And to look fit, I'm saying you have to understand calories in, calories out. If you want to get muscle firmed or toned, it's all muscle. Then you have to understand protein, and that's the, that's the governing. That's what I think. That fitness, that's a result of whatever that is. That, you know, get your diet right, and you can achieve anything. No one's doing it. And, and you know all these online coaches and all this stuff look it was crazy teach people how to count calories themselves don't keep giving them don't give them a fish teach people how to fish themselves we teach people how to understand calories and count theirs by the day by the week by the month that's guaranteed teach people how to understand protein how many grams where to get them from and let them do it themselves that's what i'd like to do that's what they're missing the fitness it gets mixed up i don't know what, i don't really know what fitness means I understand shape Reps and sets and what you're trying to get. Look, I look at it three things. The body's three things: a bucket of muscle, bucket of fat, and a skeleton. That's the three things. Oh, fitness. Did your heart rate? Just just run around the gym and drag a tire around your waist that and get your heart heart rate. Well, just do sprint look, you know, whatever. How do you test that? I don't get that. that that's not moving it. The fitness industry isn't moved on fitness, it's moved on shape. People, you know, look at fashion, look at fashion, cosmetics, you know, it's not done on well-being, it's done on how you look. Yep. Yeah, no, it's, that's very true. I guess I never really thought of, you know, the, the word fitness <laughs> uh, like that. And so um, that was insightful. And I want to thank you for your insight on the industry today, Vern, hearing your take on your business is very different than a lot of gym owners that I've had on the show. But I do think that what you've done has worked for you. Um, obviously, um, you've been in business for 30 years. So you're doing something right. And I appreciate you sharing that with us today. Um, last bit of information here. What's the website? Where can our listeners go to check out more about what you have to offer in your facility? Well, nothing really, because um, the the, the www24hour gym just says membership full. The Facebook. Okay doesn't do an link it's got a private members group the one thing which would be really nice really nice is to share with you guys the sundial it's branded and it's just to show people how all you so uh, you can teach people how to I like I want to make loads of calorie teachers people that teach other people about calories that's what I want to do um, and we've got we have got one called the sundial and if they go to www.sundial and there is a okay. Facebook I've got 400 people waiting to come on it so it's not ready yet but it's a way of giving you, giving gym owners a program, a 30-day program, a 90-day program, where they this, which their members can do, which is guaranteed results, where they get in the best shape of their life, and the and the and the gym runs it, your gym runs it, and all gyms run it themselves. That's called the sun diet. What all for foods produced by the sun: whole grains, nuts and seeds, fruit and veg. Nothing new under the sun. All right, well, I'm excited to go check it out. Thank you for plugging that in there. And thanks for being here again. Um, I hope that you, our listener, you found this insightful. Um, Vern, thanks for sharing your insight. Listeners, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description. We'll be in touch with you soon.
as always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.